Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now, here's your host, Dale Irvin. Well, thank you, Farad, and welcome to all of the baby boomers out there. This is the show designed just for you. We're all old and doggone it. We're going to get through it together. (laughs) And we talk about all things boomer, of course. I can't do it all by myself. I need to have my two partners with me to help out because... Quite honestly, I tend to forget stuff. So first of all, joining us from the uh, state of Colorado up in Denver, please welcome Carolyn Strauss. Yeah, and I can't believe we have actually survived to the holiday season. It is the holidays, and I spent all weekend watching The Grinch. There are three different versions of The Grinch, and then um, and then I got stuck on the Hallmark Channel, and I'm just waiting for my prince to bump into me in the department store and sweep me away to his castle, and I'll meet his evil sister, and I'll win her over, and we'll live happily every, ever after. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was watching The Grinch, but it turned out I was just Chuck Schumer. But... Um... <laughs> From the state of Indiana, please welcome the Aristotle of comedy, Mr. Tim Slagle. Hey, I'm stealing one off the internet here because it kind of fits into what Carolyn said. What has 15 actors, four settings, two writers, and one plot? (laughs) 632 Hallmark movies. (laughs) It's like they took Danielle Steele and took all of her novels and mushed them into 635 (laughs) I'm waiting for my friends to bump into me in a department store. Like, why does that not happen? I don't understand. It happens It happens to the other six women in the 17 movies I watched. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, that's those things. I mean, you really, you need saccharin after watching one of those. Or oh. insulin, I mean, after watching one of those. Or, yeah, or my s- teeth hurt. It's so sweet. Oh, it's just goodness. my teeth hurt. <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know... There isn't really much else out there right now because the only sport we have is football in front of an empty stadium. The only uh, you or know, with no quarterbacks. Oh yeah, you guys or played with, with no, no quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Yeah, I, Broncos they should have taken somebody out of the stands. Hey, we're we're we're, uh, we're Bears fans. We're used to that. We haven't had any quarterbacks for years. <laughs> Buck it up. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, Peyton still has a house here. Can't we just borrow him for a day? And then we have the money to pay him. <laughs> yeah, that's got to that's be tough, you know. <laughs> I can't imagine how that And watching that game was like watching, like, it's like when you get a college team and they get to play on the big boy field. It was like (laughs) against a real team. Like, someday they'll be real boys. It was just horrifying. Well, the the Bears yesterday, they were were certainly honoring that six-foot social distance because (laughs) they didn't get close to anybody. Uh, anyhow, you know, the, the holiday season is here. That means uh, shopping, which is all going to be done online this year. That means parties, which will be done online this year, if at all. And it means more more TV specials. And, uh, you know, my favorites are the same ones that I enjoyed as a kid. Tim, you actually um, sent us a note about um, 
you found an article about them paying like somebody paying like $385,000 for the Rudolph puppet from the Rudolph show. Is that true? Yeah, they uh, uh, they went up for auction. The, it was Rudolph and Santa. And uh, they thought they were going to get a quarter of a million dollars for the two of them. And uh, actually, they went much higher. They got three uh, three hundred and forty thousand dollars for the uh, for the actual figures of Santa and Rudolph that were uh, wow. were done by a Japanese puppet factory. I, I learned later. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, yeah, back then, you, you know, back then Japan was like the, was like the China. It was uh, it was where you went to get cheap labor. Yeah, I bought the original uh, Frosty the Snowman. And when I brought it in the house, bastard disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, it'll be back again someday. I was going to say, you didn't buy the magic hat? Come on, (laughs) Frosty without the hat. (laughs) Oh, This is going to be a whole fun episode, my friends, because we have got a special guest. As baby boomers, we probably remember Gumby, who was the uh, Gumby and his horse Pokey, who were uh, clay animation figures, and I, you know, I thought they were, uh, I thought they were quite good. And Gumby, you know, looked a lot like Eddie Murphy. Anyhow, um, <laughs> you know, this is a very painstaking job to to do this and move all these figures, and we figure we need to know how this is done. So we found us a professional. Randy Boyum is coming to us from Colorado. Uh, Randy has so many credits under his belt. I'm going to let you or let him uh, talk about them. But Randy's going to explain to us what clay animation actually is. Thanks for joining us, Randy. Thank you very much for having me. So, first of all, uh, how did how did this start? You know, uh, you said that you started with clay when you were like eight years old or something. And when I was a kid, I used to make my own flip books, you know, where the thing changed and you'd flip through the book. But you're doing that in a three-dimensional style. And, uh, you know, I quickly learned I couldn't make a living making flip books. But what made you think that you could do a living making clay animation? Um, well, when I was a kid, my brother and I dabbled with it a little bit. We had a little uh, Super 8 movie camera uh, the family had. And we loved the old uh, Ray Harryhausen monster movies, Jason and the Argonauts and all that stuff. And we fooled around with it a little bit. And ideally, in stop motion, that's what I'd like to be doing is the monster stuff. But to build those creatures is a mind-numbingly boring and toxic and smelly and expensive process that I just couldn't deal with. And so I thought, well, Clay, you know, uh, Gumby and Davy and Goliath and all those uh, sorts of things um, uh, would be a lot easier to deal with and a lot less expensive and a lot less, you know, messy and toxic. So um, I, I dabbled with it in the 70s, and then in uh, 1989, I was actually a limousine chauffeur, and a buddy of mine that was also a chauffeur one day walked into the office and said, last night I found this old uh, Super 8 camera and movie projector in my closet. Do you know anyone who would want such a thing? And I said, I'll take it. And just, just because that happened, I started fooling around with animation again. Uh, that summer I made four little three-minute films that were basically balls rolling around on the tabletops and in nothing, pointless, no story, just things moving to see what it was like. Um, and then uh, just a couple of years after that, I discovered a, a clay animation company here in Denver 
that uh, was working on music videos. And I glommed onto them real quick. And uh, working through them and with them, I learned how to make real armatures out of wire that would hold the weight of the clay. Because uh, when I tried doing stuff earlier, um, I used like a G.I. Joe doll, covered it with clay, and that, that simply doesn't work very well. And so I learned how to build a wire armature and put clay on it and just started working. And I uh, uh, did, I used to, I was a video production manager at a video company, uh, corporate work here in town called Image Audio Visuals, which is where Caroline and I met. Uh, and um, I started using video to shoot uh, animation immediately so I could see it. Prior to that, everything was shot on film and you move the character and you click the frame and you hope for the best and don't get to see it till, you know, two, three weeks later when you get it developed. But when working on video, you can see it immediately. And that was a, a game changer completely. Since then, uh, they've invented things called frame grabbers, which is a, a computer program that grabs the frame and you can instantly flip back and forth to see how your work is progressing. And so uh, I was able to, to switch over to that in, I believe it was in 2000. That's and, Carolyn's uh, nickname, by the way, the frame grabber. <laughs> I'm still stuck it. on the G.I.G. doll, G.I. Joe doll with clay on it. That's that's brilliant. Anyway, <laughs> I, uh, I I learned early on that Gumby had a wire amateur in, in inside of him. Uh, maybe yeah. because that was because I was a twisted little boy. <laughs> uh, so I actually you and your psychiatrist. <laughs> I'm the only one that actually took my Gumby apart. Wow, mine melted right away in the fire. <laughs> they have a tendency to do that. The characters that I've created all uh, will melt if you set them in the sun. The, the bodies are soft. Let me see if I can find one here that I can move. Uh, let's not go for Santa. Yeah, let's go for Santa. Let's look at Santa. And wait a minute. Now, Randy, you made that Santa, right? So you guys you guys are going to have to be sure to check out the video of this. I know you're listening to this on audio. Almost everybody listens to us on um, audio. But we have done a video of this recording because that way Randy can show us how his little characters move and stuff. And that looks exactly like the Santa from Rudolph, the original Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Did you make this one and just model it? exactly after the one that Rudolph had? Yes, yes, I did. Um, in 2007, I uh, was contacted to some local producers here in Denver who wanted me to do a spoof of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer for Larry the Cable Guy. And so they provided me with a soundtrack and I built the set and all the characters and then did the animation um, according to, to the soundtrack that they had sent. And so... Uh, this is just one of the seven characters that I, I built for that. And all of them have a wire armature uh, inside. Santa's actually got a styrofoam ball that's that's the, the base of his uh, stomach because he's heavy already, but he'd be crazy heavy with without uh, something a little lighter on the interior. Could be the but, reason uh, he never had kids, too. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know that for sure? <laughs> The elves no, were all the no, they're all adopted. Oh, oh, okay. From another country, obviously. Lumberland. Um, there's like here's the tip of the, the wire armature that's inside Santa. And uh I so I can, you know, move his arms. 
And the whole uh, bodies of all the characters are covered with soft clay, which is oil-based. It's called plasticine. The brand I use is called Van Aken. And uh, it never hardens. I have characters that are over 30 years old that you can still move like the day I made them. Um, but the, the heads and the hands of all the characters are uh, made of hard-baked clay that you bake in your home oven. It's called Sculpey. And uh, that way, um, when I build a head and then I'm doing the animation, I don't squish the head accidentally, change the shape and all that stuff because it's hard and it, it's uh, permanent. And I can also clean it. Um, when you use soft clay for heads, they get dirty. And if you clean and scrape them and stuff, they can actually change the look a little bit of what they looked like originally. So uh, I think I noticed their faces moving, though. You have, like, their their faces change their expressions in some of your films. So do you yeah. make a bunch of different heads? No. I have uh, different hard-baked pieces that oh. uh, are removable. So eyebrows, eyelids, pupils in the eyes, and mouths. I see Santa lost his mouth, actually. I don't know where it went. Um, are all hard-baked pieces made with that same hard-baked clay, but they're, uh, you, I use a little tiny bit of wax, and then they're ab I'm able to stick them right onto the hard-baked head, and then I can move them around and animate them. And that's how I deal with that. This is so cool. The thing I was most impressed with when I was looking through your resume and such is how much time it takes you to do everything from creating the characters to doing the thing and, and i'm thinking good lord that must make these things incredibly expensive maybe that's why we don't see more of them that that is absolutely true it takes a really long time and um when you're animating of course you move a little little bit frame at a time and you shoot a frame and move and move but the thing is um what, as a solo artist I, I don't have a staff it's just me um it usually takes me longer to build everything than it does to do the actual animation. Depends on the project, but um, um, yeah, just just building the set and building the characters, it takes about three days to sculpt and, and build all the pieces for uh, one character. And so, um, and then I got to build and design the, the whole set and put that together and set up the lighting and deal with the camera angles and such. And then I start animation. But if it's a really long piece, then the animation does definitely take longer. It just depends on, on what it is that I'm uh, having to deal with. How, how, much, how much of ahead, your Tim. craft has been displaced by CGI? Um, an awful lot of it. The... Uh, uh, the whole industry kind of shifted after it was pretty much after Jurassic park when Spielberg made dinosaurs, everybody went, wow, this is what you can do with CGI. And, uh, so, uh, it's, it, it's kind of less expensive to hire a whole staff that are just sitting at a bunch of computers and typing than it is to have to build a whole warehouse full of all these different sets and multiple characters and such. And, uh, but, but the thing is, is because, Pretty much because of frame grabbers, um, stop motion has made a quite a bit of a resurgence in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years because uh, people can do it at home and you don't have to have a lot of super specialized equipment to, to deal with it. You can go online and get get free you know, programs uh, that'll deal with it for you. And uh, um, it, it made it a lot 
you know, more user friendly, basically. So you so, can, so you can actually hire a clay animator on Fiverr. I probably haven't been to Fiverr, but sure. <laughs> wow, because we were thinking we could use like a thirty second you know thing of the three of us, and we've got I think last count we got like sixty bucks a piece. A piece. <laughs> That's a hundred and eighty big ones. You know, less my commission that we would love to pay for something like that. About a it, well, it's about a penny a frame. <laughs> I was going to say, um, um, the eyeballs in all my characters, well, except for the, the Christmas ones, um, are usually marbles. And okay. so for that price, I could make the eyeballs for all of you guys. <laughs> that would be good. I've been told I've lost my marbles. So I would love to have some more. Well, I got a bag of them in the back, some spares. I'll send you. So we're going to definitely put the link to the Rudolph redo. It's fantastic. That little animation, it's you know almost four minutes long. So, how long? So, you were hired by a company and with an audio by Larry the Cable Guy, who, by the way, plays the Burl Ives character, the snowman. It's hilarious, you guys. How long? did that whole project take you because each individual piece they like two of them move together at the same time and their little faces move it's amazing how you did that that piece was done in 2007 they called me in i'm thinking it was early july and they wanted it done by mid-september which gave me a heart attack and after i started working on it they kept sliding the deadline forward. Oh, wait, we needed a week earlier and a week earlier. And I kind of lost my mind on that project. And it, it really was like the most stressful thing I've ever done. But at the same time, I, I uh, was able to take shortcuts. I, I didn't do as much animation in that piece because of the deadline as I would have liked to. Um, the opening shot is the snowman coming down a hill and talking and gesturing. And that one shot of just this guy coming down the hill took about, I'm thinking that one took about 12 hours for me to shoot. And when I showed them the footage the next day, they were like, yeah, this is great, but you'll, you'll never get done. And so all the rest of it, the, the second shot is a close up of, let me grab the snowman. Larry the snowman. Um, the second shot of him was, was about this tight, and uh, he's just moving along down a hill. That one was easier because you couldn't see the base of him and the snow around him and stuff. And then after that, every shot after that is pretty much just a static shot, and he'll slide in, talk to somebody, and slide on out. And that's just basically because of the deadline, what I wound up doing with that, with that film. But um, <laughs> it was it was still a great deal of fun and it was quite an honor to, to animate to Larry's voice because he's such a pro and has done a zillion, you know, cartoons. He does uh, Mater, that truck, you know, and, and uh, so his voice is, is just really animated and, and worked really well and gave me a lot of inspiration to, to deal with this. Also liked making this little, you know, vest with the torn off sleeves and the, the red or the orange cap. It's very Larry. So... Now I watched one of your uh, one of the uh, films, or, or I guess it was a, a business promotion on your uh, YouTube channel, and it was entitled, I think, the the worst business meeting ever. And and uh, I've been to meetings like that, man. <laughs> I don't want to give away the surprise ending, but it's it's really good. And now was that made to show like like at a convention? 
Because I used to do a lot of those little interspersal things to show at a convention, you know, uh, you know, to lead in from one session to the other. And I, that's what dawned on me is that what that's what that was made for. Uh, exactly. Um, the thing about that is I, I worked at Image Audiovisuals as a cameraman and the production manager all through the 90s. In late 99, in Animation Magazine, there was an ad that said, work at Will Vinton Studios, which is, you know, the claymation guy. So I sent in my reel and I quit Image and I moved to Portland, Oregon to work at Will Vinton Studios. And um, um, was I worked on a TV show called Gary and Mike, which was a half hour stop motion sitcom about two guys that were traveling across the country and every episode was in a different city. And it was young and raunchy and kind of funny and, and weird, but uh, created by the guys who created Mad TV. And so um, when I finished that project, I moved back to Denver and was wondering what in the world I was gonna do with myself. I, I had no plans and I thought maybe I could do freelance camera. But my old boss at Image called me and, and one of their main business clients was a group of doctors, Medical Education Collaborative. And they had conferences every year and they called and they said, you know, one of the, the uh, things that they taught was how to give a proper business meeting. They contacted Image and said, we want a couple minute cartoon that is a business meeting gone horribly wrong. And so just based on that, they, they just said, you know, like people coming in late or eating or phones ringing or pagers going off, things like that. And so just based on on that little bit of information, I created the film 1004 AM, which actually I changed on YouTube to a business meeting gone horribly wrong at exactly. 1004 AM. Yeah. Uh, John Cleese so used to do a bunch of those, and uh, so did the Muppets. You know, I've, I've seen it in different meetings and such, the little uh, in-between pieces. But that was the, the first one I'd seen done in uh, clay animation. So you were working with Mad TV, Randy? No, no. The uh, the, the two producers, um, Adam Small and I can't think of the other guy's name, but uh, they, they're the, the, the people who created Mad TV also created this TV show called Gary and Mike. Oh, okay. Because there yeah, was because Mad TV had a Rudolph also, where it yeah, was uh, yeah. where it was like a gangster. It was like a god. Yeah. It was a Goodfellas takeoff with Rudolph. Yeah, a lot of blood, a lot of clay blood. Um, <laughs> that that's uh, a man named Corky Quick. It's either Quackenbush or Quakenbush. I've never been certain of the the uh, name pronouncement, but uh, he did a, a whole bunch of uh, pieces for Mad TV, just little short films. Most of them were violent. Clay mm -hmm. violence can be pretty darn funny. Yeah, sure. I was just thinking, you know, redoing like a Casino or the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. You know, that would really be cool to see. But, yeah, uh, it's 2020. I think we should create one called Suicidal Santa. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have them on next week. Oh, yes. <laughs> now, what's your, uh, what's your ultimate job? If somebody came up to you and said, budget is whatever you need, the project is whatever you need, Make us a, a, a film for the ages. Um, my characters. I created these characters back in uh, the early '90s, and they're called the Hoovies. They are Scandahoovian. They live in Scandahoovia. <laughs> and uh, my background is Norwegian. That's where that came from, basically. This is Atli Hagerstad, and he's him and his cousin Lars Bjornsson. Uh, get into a, a, a bit of trouble and some strange things. And there are uh, four films that I've shot, sh short films. Two of them are super short, like like 
20 to 30 seconds long. Um, <clears throat> but I actually have a feature film script that I wrote starring these characters. So that would be the project that I would jump all over where, where they're a giant pile of money and a whole bunch of other animators I could get involved with oh. would be the movies. Yeah. So Will Vinton was in Portland. Isn't, uh, wasn't the group that did Coraline, weren't they, weren't they also in Portland? It's the same studio under a different name. Oh, okay. Uh, Will Vinton was gangbusters and huge all through the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And then basically there was some financial problems with the studio. And the owner of Nike, his son, Phil Knight, um, was an animator at Will Vinton Studios. He was a very good animator. And his father the owner of Nike, whatever his name was, I, I don't, let's see, actually Phil Knight was the owner, Travis was the son, um, had, had actually invested in Will Vinton Studios. And then there were some issues that I'm not really sure what happened, but basically they bought out Will Vinton Studios, changed the name to Laika, L-A-I-K-A, and uh, they produced Coraline and Paranorman and Box Trolls. They've done like six films now as the studio Laika. Well, a lot again, of the people if your dad owns a studio, you don't have to be a good animator, though. Huh? But in this <laughs> well, case, he, he was. was. Start with, so that was handy. <laughs> so it sounds to me like this Will Vinton guy is to clay animation what Jim Henson is to puppets. Is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. This He was a remarkable, uh, incredible man who did amazing things and, and really elevated the whole art form to a whole new thing. He uh, created a, a short film. I believe it was in like 74 called closed Mondays. And <clears throat> it really was just an experiment. I remember that. I, I, I know that one. Do. Yeah. And that was the first uh, stop motion film that ever won an Academy award. And uh, uh, it was, it was brilliant. It was, you know, a, a drunk staggering through an art gallery, looking at different pieces of art that came to life. It's a great little film. But speaking of awards, you were just part of the, Denver Film Festival? Was oh, it yes. the... Tell me about your award. I'm so proud of you. Um, well, I did not win an award for Denver. I was just happy to be part of the, the group. But uh, I, I was in a film festival called Mountain Shadow, uh, which was in Wal Walnut Creek, California. Oh. And uh, I actually took third place uh, for a film, that, my most recent film, which is called The Extinction of Up. And that is... Let me see if I can grab them. <laughs> Starring these two characters here. <laughs> and it's it, the, the whole film is five minutes long and these two kids sit next to each other on a bench in a park and they never speak except through text sitting right next to each other. And the film's called The Extinction of Up and that's why nobody ever looks up anymore. So it's a five minute film that has been in uh, now five different film festivals. Aww. I just, just was uh, uh, notified a couple weeks ago of another one and Two days ago, they sent me uh, a notice saying that I was uh, nominated for Best in Genre for uh, short animation films mm -hmm. for that film or that festival as well. So it's a whole lot of fun. I, I haven't had a film in a festival for 24, 25 years now. Tell me so. about it. <laughs> I do. I did come up just in talking with an idea that I think will raise enough money for your dream project. Now, you said that these things, if you put them out in the sun, they will melt. Is that correct? 
Yes. So you make two more clay animation figures of the, oh, just pick a couple of politicians that might come to mind. <laughs> you put them out in the sun, you slow motion you know, capture it, and you put that up there. And depending on which side you were for, you would buy that in a heartbeat. There you go. If you don't have that much time, put them in a the microwave. You could do the whole thing in about four <laughs> seconds. And the wire armatures inside will be oh, great. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> the sparks will add to the effect. <laughs> It'll be pretty. <laughs> well, Randy, we are so thankful to have you on here. And uh, where can people go to learn more about you? I know you have uh, your YouTube channel that has a whole bunch of videos I've been watching on there. Uh, tell them where they can uh, best find you. Um, my company is called Random Animation, but that was taken years ago when I tried to set up a YouTube channel. So it's Randy Boyum Animations, and that's my YouTube channel. And also my Facebook page, where I have a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes uh, photographs and links to films and uh, other nonsense that I've done. I also have what I call clay animemes, and they are behind-the-scenes shots um, referring to the clay characters as clay actors, and they're all complaining about various things about what they have to do <laughs> with their jobs. Cool. Cool, and that's Randy Boyum, B-O-Y-U-M, just so you spell that correctly. It's like Goyum, except he's Norwegian. So it's Boyum. Same thing. And yeah, you got to go on his YouTube channel because there's some really, really good stuff on there. Randy, thank you so much for proving once again that baby boomers can still accomplish uh, big things in life. We hope that these uh, festivals lead to uh, lead to more fame and fortune. And you know, don't forget that hundred and eighty bucks is still on the table. You know, so <laughs> right. times get tough. You let us know. All right, thank you so much. Thank you, Randy. Well, that was a fantastic conversation. I mean, we really, uh, this is one of our, uh, I'm glad he's not on the air, right? This is one of our best ones ever. And I don't want to swell anybody's head, but that was <laughs> that was really good. I've always been fascinated by that stuff. And I, I would never, ever have the patience to spend on a project like that. You know, if, that, if it's not something I can get done in five minutes, that's why I write jokes. I can get done with those real fast. It's why I don't make cookies from scratch. You can buy them at the store and <laughs> slice up the tube. That's how cookies are made. To take each one and like form it into a ball. I can't even do that. So Randy blows me away. He really does. Well, this is the first of our uh, holiday-themed shows for uh, for this year. Next week, a very, very special guest you will also not want to miss. I don't want to, to give it away right now, ho, 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 but, you know, it'll be uh, <laughs> people go, they're going to have the green giant? Anyhow, <laughs> that's it for another week here at Another Day Above Ground. Tim, anything uh, to leave the people with? Uh, just check out my other podcast, Rule of Three, uh, with Bent Washburn and Tim Slegel. All right, Carolyn, how about you? Yeah, be safe when you go shopping. Do um, shop from your local retailers as much as you can because they can really use our help right now. And I would invite you, if you like to laugh every Friday, to go to daleirvin.com, I-R-V-I-N, and you can uh, sign up for the uh, Friday Funnies. Comes to you every week in a written and a video form. That being said, go out and enjoy the rest of today because it is another day above ground and that's it for another day above ground for dale tim and carolyn i'm farad muhammad thanks for listening